And MLM Rebel is a new breed of network marketer, smarter, truly independent, and free. MLM Rebels wage war against the soul-sucking corporate world and against networkers who would rather preserve doctrine than helping people get results. MLM Rebels recognize when the world changes and changes with it. MLM Rebels don't believe in duplicating things that no longer work and would rather work without a safety net than within the confines of one. MLM Rebels are only involved in opportunities that give everyone an equal playing field instead of a top-heavy one. We don't care about the sacred cows of MLM, we don't care about the industry, and we do not care about the way it's always been done. We care about people following their gut. We care about people being able to quit their jobs now. We care about people being with their family instead of their boss every day. We care about people being with their family instead of their team all day. We care about people living free. We believe a truly free networker has multiple streams of income. We believe a truly free networker's creativity isn't shackled by their company's contract. We believe a truly free network marketer actually knows how to market and that they run their business like a real business. MLM Rebels prioritize faith, family, business, sacrifice sacred cows, build their own empires, never rebel against each other, and change the world. MLM Rebels know they are not confined by doctrine, not stifled by the past, and know they are one business away. My name is Zach Spear, and welcome to MLM Rebels. Hey, what's up, everybody? Hope you're doing awesome. And it is pretty wild out here in San Diego. Uh, I mean, I'm being kind of facetious, but it's raining. There's a crazy rainstorm, but it's really actually beautiful right now because the rain is starting to subside. And um, out my windows, we live on this really cool mountain. And out my window, there's literally a rainbow. Like, it's just starting to dissipate. It's right in front of my view. It's like right in front of us. Like, I could feel like I can almost touch it. It's really, really cool. But, um, Anyway, we used to live in Chicago. I don't know if you knew that, but we lived in Chicago for, I lived there for 20, I believe it was 28 years. I'm 35, 30 years. I lived there for 30 years. Um, and uh, so like literally right now in Chicago, like yesterday, the low was negative one. Here, the low was like 50, you know? Um, so we've had a few days of rain. Today's the worst of it. It's like the trees have been like sideways, <laughs> pretty wild. Um, but then it's going to go away and we're like back up to 65, 70. And this coming weekend, we have um, a, a Rebels Elite fly-in, or what some might call a Rebels Elite Mastermind. So essentially, part of a Rebels Elite program includes uh, four physical meetups a year, or four physical masterminds per year. And so that is coming up uh, this coming weekend. So I'm recording this on a Monday. You're probably listening to this Tuesday or Wednesday, or you know, sometime in the future. And so this coming weekend, Friday night, it starts. Uh, we have this epic dinner planned. At this beachside restaurant, uh, which is re- this is brand new, like there's like this kind of strip of like these uh, really nice like luxury hotels, and they have some of them have restaurants on the roof or on the on the ground, and this one is right on the ground. It's literally a few steps away from the from the sand. Um, it's really really cool. So we have dinner there, and then Saturday morning uh, we rented out a racetrack. So uh, it's really really cool. But if uh, a friend of ours, the family owns. A insane uh, residence, personal residence, or like 60 acres in one of, if not the most expensive zip code in America, um, and has a private racetrack on it, which is so cool. And they've been so gracious uh, to let us use this racetrack before. Um, in fact, we might be uh, like becoming, I don't know what they even call like members of this, this like kind of like private track where we keep some uh, race carts there and uh, go practice and stuff. Um, but anyway, so we're going to go there uh, for three hours in the morning and then come back. Uh, we're going to come to our house, um, which uh, is an epic spot for, you know, for, 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 for events. 
And so when we come back to the house, doing a mastermind on duplication and closing, we have one, two, three, four, five of our staff coming in um, to uh, to help facilitate everything and things like this. It's really fun. And then uh, and then Sunday we're bringing everybody, well, everybody that wants to come, we're going to bring them to our, to our church, which is going to be super cool. So anyway, we'd love to have you lead someday if uh, if you want to grow an epic business and have fun doing it. But the point of my podcast is I want to talk to you about uh, a concept that I've really been wrestling with recently. And I, it's funny how, like, I'm a, if you, I'm sure you know this. Well, if this is your first time, you might not. I'm a faith-based guy. We're a faith-based family. So I, I talk, I mean, I don't force it on anybody, but I, I do talk about it a lot. And so I've been wrestling with this concept. And it's funny how God, like, aligns the stuff you've been wrestling with. And then, like, he gives you resources for it. So I'm wrestling with this concept of, like, like, what's next, you know, like, like, why? Like I've always asked why, you know, and in some ways it's really powerful. It's helped a lot. Like, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? And so it forces me to take precise action. But the downside of that incredible why question is sometimes you, you just don't do things very long without questioning them. And sometimes that can be counterproductive. And so the thing I've been wrestling with is like, what's next? Like, why, like, why, why do I keep doing this? Right. And and I don't mean this as in this business. I just mean like this as in whatever I'm doing. Right. Like, why do I live in this place? Why do I live in this house? Why do I have this car? Why do I do this with my time? Why do I do this business? Like just all that stuff. Right. And um, I have not read this book, but I've read it. I'm reading another book right now that referenced this book. Anyway, the book title is called The Infinite Game by Simon Sinek. Again, I've not read it. But uh, I feel like I got a pretty good a picture of it from this other book I'm reading that referenced it. And essentially, the, the, the book talks about what game can you play infinitely that will continue to fulfill you, if that makes sense. So I'm, kind of, I'm paraphrasing like a lot. But what game can continue to, continue to play that will fulfill you in and of itself? And this is something that I've really been chasing because – or, or thinking about, I should say. But for a long time in network marketing, for the first, definitely the first six years, I was fully goal-driven. Like, I really didn't love much about network marketing, to be honest with you. Like, I loved the speaking part, the speaking on stage. I really did like that. I liked talking to people and, and like, being with like-minded people. But the actual act of, like, stalking people at gas stations, I hated that part. I hated what I thought was a lot of unproductive time in my life. Like I would be just a lot of, the way that we built, it was a lot of meetings, a lot of staying up late. And I didn't like that, right? I wasn't a fan of that part. Um, but I was a fan of the other parts. And so I did it very much as an end goal driven thing. Like I will do this because it will get me to freedom or get me to whatever I'm trying to get to. And I feel like most people are end goal driven. And I actually want to propose the idea that that's a bad idea. Now, it's funny. I, I always think this is funny that like sometimes the thing that got you to where you're at, you start fighting against it. So like as an example, me being very end goal driven actually got us to the level of achievement that we have now. Now, I'm not saying we're the most achieved people on, on earth by any stretch of the imagination. I'm very aware that we're not. Uh, very, very aware. But we've done okay. Right. And I'm, I'm very happy with our lifestyle. Obviously we always want to make more money, but you know, I'm very comfortable with the amount of money that we make. I'm very comfortable with how we make money. It's, 
the vast majority of it is residual at this point, which I'm really grateful for. Uh, I'm really pretty content with all those things. And so it's like I got to that point by being end goal driven. And now I'm basically saying like, (laughs) don't be as end goal driven. So I've always found that to be a bit of an irony. Um, Because, you know, yeah, it's like, it's like billionaires telling you to, you know, uh, you know, watch your carbon footprint while they get in the private jet, <laughs> that, that kind of stuff. Um, so with that said, though, I, we really didn't start growing, to be honest with you. Like we didn't start growing our income and our freedom until we got this right. So even though I was end goal driven, me and Ashley were both, until we started to get this infinite game thing right, we didn't even know we were getting it right. We didn't really grow. So I could very easily argue that it wasn't the end goal drive that got us to where we're at. It was actually playing the infinite game that got us where we're at. So in in one of our programs, uh, we have a thing called Rebel's Mind, which is like a mindset section. And in there, I basically propose the idea that retirement is stupid. And I believe that. I believe retirement is very dumb. There's no Hebrew word for retirement. And the Hebrews believe that if there's not a word in Hebrew, that the concept doesn't exist. So there isn't, there's not a word for retirement. There's not a word for coincidence. Yeah, but yeah, the, so retirement came from, you may know this, retirement came from uh, industrial corporations trying to incentivize employees to work for them. So they would literally give you a retirement at 65 years old if you would come work for them. But the f- crazy thing is, at the time, the life expectancy of most people was right about 65. <laughs> so, so they would get you to come work for them and, you know, you know, uh, lure you in with a retirement package and they were assuming that you were going to die. Well, fast forward 100 years, their life expectancy is like 84. And so retirement as a, as a financial concept is actually really outdated. It's, it's 65 is an insane number, right? It's, it's completely just, it's, it was literally based on a 1900 life expectancy. Um, retirement as a concept is also insane, because if you stop providing value to the world, you generally degrade and die. So what we talk about in Rebel's Mind is one of your primary metrics is not retiring and, 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 and ceasing to add value to the world. One of your primary metrics is actually doing meaningful work. And it doesn't mean you have to do the same type of work you're doing now. I'm going to talk about that in a moment. But it does mean you're adding value to people's life. So one concept I'll actually dive down a little bit right this second is as you progress and you add more value to the world, like I'm not doing the same stuff that I did at 16 years old. Probably neither are you. Like I'm not delivering pizzas anymore, right? My guess is you aren't either. At 20 years old, when I got into network marketing, I was cold contacting gas stations. I'm no longer doing that. And I will never do that again in my whole life, like ever, right? You probably are doing different stuff in your job or your business now than you did 10 years ago. Why? Because you've elevated. So at 70, if you're working, which I think you should be, you, and by the way, and I'm not saying you need to work for money, right? You could set yourself up financially by 40 years old, 45 years old, and you're working past that point for the infinite game, which I'll get to. But at 70, you're still working. You are adding value to the world. You haven't ceased that operation. And at 70, you're not, you're not doing whatever you're doing now. There's no way you probably could, right? But at 70, you are far more valuable in certain areas at that point. So maybe your value at that point is to, maybe it's to coach four or five people in your company. Maybe it's to do the John Maxwell thing and you speak, right? Uh, And other people run your businesses. 
Or maybe it's, yeah, yeah, you did set yourself up at 45 years old and you want to be an author. Whatever, right? But the point is you don't cease that value creation operation. Now, the infinite game basically uh, says that, I mean, I guess I, I kind of just summed it up there, honestly. It's, it's what can you do that continues to add value to the world and fulfills you and you don't look for an exit. Now, again, I'm not talking about purely financial stuff right now. I'm not saying you need to or you should position yourself in a way where you must work at 75 years old. I think that's actually incredibly dumb. However, if you are in that position, let's say you are 75 right now and you need to work to make money, I also think that's okay. Okay, so just so we're clear, it's okay that you uh, still need financial compensation for the value that you offer the world. That's fine. But regardless of the position that you fall in, um, you want to add value to the world, right? Okay, so what does that answer for me? Well, the thing that I've been really kind of working through is like, like I mentioned a little bit ago, most of our income currently is residual, but it's, it's business-based residual, right? It's, it's, it's recurring revenue from businesses. <clears throat> what I want is asset-based passive income. And so for a long time, my end game was I want uh, $100,000 a month of asset-based passive income. Now, I still want that. Now, when I say asset-based, I'm sure you know what that means, but it means having enough real estate or you know, st- stocks that I want to pull uh, either dividends from or pull the principal from. That's what that means, okay? All right, so that was the end goal for a long time. And I'm not saying that's, not, that's still not a goal and it's, it's on my pathway, right? But what I am saying is I'm reframing my quote-unquote end goal into a few statements. So one statement is... Uh, the, an infinite game for me or the infinite game for me is to build and scale businesses because I really, really love it. And two, it's to pastor and equip business leaders because I've been given a pastoral gift. In fact, my, my dad's a pastor. I got that same gift. I'm just, I've got the gift, right? It's not mine. God gave it to me, so I'm not taking credit for it. But I've got that gift. And I've thought for a long time, should I be in ministry instead of business? And God continually has redirected us and said, no, business. Like, this is where you're at. But that pastoral thing won't go away. And recently, he's given me clarity like, yes, that is your gift. And I do want you doing pastoral work, but specifically in the business realm. And, uh, you know, God's con- God has showed me that there's confirmation there by continually putting very powerful business people in our path where he's specifically asking us to literally pastor these people. It's interesting. But that's an infant game for me. Right, it's those things like I feel really at home. Like that feels really good. Like to, okay, the infinite game. It's not like there's an end date to it. Is to build and scale businesses and uh, pastor and equip business leaders, which encompasses lots of things. I want to build and scale businesses. I want to buy and sell businesses. I want to pastor business people. I want to let that gift out. I also want to write books and have there be a legacy beyond me. Even if my kids are the only people that ever read my books, that's fine, right? But I want to equip business leaders. I believe they're going to be business leaders and I want to equip them and pastor those to children as well, my children as well. Um, the final kind of thing I'll mention here is uh, something that a, a friend, peer, it's not really a peer, he's more of a mentor to us. You know, he's the guy that runs our mastermind. Um, and he's been talking about the perfect life metrics. And a long time ago, I used to think about the perfect life metrics. And I, the way I thought about it was, 
was when I was on my deathbed, I wanted to be able to look back and know that I knew I, I left nothing on the table. And I still believe that. I, I, I'm still trying to put language to this, to be honest with you, because I think what that could trick my mind into doing is like saying like, oh, I, I, I did every business I wanted to do. I, I achieved everything I attempted to achieve, which sometimes you can put your family or other important things on the chopping block for those things. So on, I want to be careful about how I word that. But I think something that I can really agree with easily is John Maxwell's definition of the perfect life metric, or, or actually what he calls it, he calls it, um, this is his personal definition of success. And if you don't have your own personal definition of success, you have nothing to filter through. And so you could just be misaligned. So his definition of success is that the people closest to him love and respect him the most. Which the more you think on that, the more you realize that's a pretty darn good definition of success. The, the people that are closest to me love and respect me the most, right? It's because, you know, if, at the end of the day, if the people that are far away from you, if they love and respect you, that's cool. But if your children don't, or your wife doesn't, or your husband doesn't, is it really worth it? You know, not really. I remember my dad used to tell me, like, Zach, my most important, uh, my most important like, thing is you guys. And as I got a little older, I, I scratched my head at that. I was like 20 years old. I'm like thinking of achievement, you know? And I'm like, man, my dad's, I was like literally thinking like my dad wasn't ambitious anymore or something like that because like we were the only important thing. And they, as I've gotten to be a dad and I, I'm like realizing that I'm like, it, for, for those of you that are fathers and mothers, you know, like your number one thing is your kids. And I want my two sons and Ashley to love and respect me the most more than anybody. And yeah, I want you to love and respect me too. And I want other people to do so as well. Um, but I want them to be the priority, right? Because at the end of the day, if they don't, what does it matter? So I think that's a really good uh, definition of, of success. So uh, I want to challenge you on a few things. One, what's your infinite game? You know, even if you can't figure it out today, I mean, it's a pretty big question, but can you write it down? What's my infinite game? Just ask yourself the question. Can you also write down either what are my perfect life metrics or if it's a better way for you to say it? I actually like it said, um, you know, what is, uh, what's my personal definition of success? You know, what is that? What does that mean? Um, so either one is, is obviously fine. But can you ask yourself those, those questions? Can you write those down and ponder on them a little bit? And um, there's something that I do. I don't do it every night, but I do it frequently. Uh, I call it the Riddler. I actually got this idea from a book, a, a novel, funny enough. Uh, and the novel is about this, this, this engineering genius who couldn't solve problems, uh, or when he couldn't solve a problem, he would write the question down in a notebook. He called it the Riddler. And as he slept, his subconscious would chew on it, and he would either dream of the answer or wake up with it. And so I've been doing this for maybe a year. And, uh, a lot. In fact, nearly all of the questions in the Riddler <laughs> have been answered. Um, you know, by you know, by dreams, by God giving me the answer, by maybe it's not un, it's not identifiable, but the situation has been resolved. But anyway, you can put in the Riddler. All right, that's enough for today. That's kind of a kind of a lot. Anyway, I hope you guys are having an awesome day. If this podcast is valuable to you, I'm doing uh, I'm doing my best to post more. I've realized that I've been 
a little quiet. Uh, and so I want to be more consistent with giving you guys some some podcast and, and some content here because podcast is my favorite way to uh, to, to, to consume stuff and listen to, uh, to listen to people. And so I want to do, I want to do that as well for you guys. So if you could do me a favor and if you could leave a review right now, or just, you know, hit five stars, leave, leave a quick review. That'd be really, really amazing. It helps out, uh, helps out me, lets me know what you like and, um, and, uh, obviously encourages me to continue to do this for you. So anyway, hope you have a great day. Talk soon.